0: And it's another week. This is Andrew Wood, Executive Director of Hope Resource Center. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether that be live over at Joy620 or you're listening to the podcast at InvestingHope.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. You can find this show. My goodness, do we have some things to talk about today. It, it is, uh, you know, I've been talking for, uh, about Roe v. Wade for months. Uh, I've been talking about the Dobbs case for months, and we are finally here, and what we're seeing is some big, big news coming out of Washington, D.C., with something that that is unprecedented, and there was a leak from the Supreme Court. If you'll remember, there, there was a probably, I don't know, a month or two ago... Uh, maybe maybe even further back than that, I talked about how the Supreme Court, we very seldom, if ever at all, have any leaks. That they keep everything very tight under lock and key. Uh, the institution of the Supreme Court has been, um, you know, in the past, you, you might have heard a leak of, hey, we think this decision may go that way or this way, or a source close to the justice says this. But what we saw last night over at Politico is... Uh, An actual draft opinion like the opinion was actually leaked to Politico. And and what does that mean? And and, and what are we seeing here? And so before I get into all of it, I want to first, for those of you not aware uh, about this leak and and what it says, I want to start there. So we're going to go through and look at uh, 10 key passages from Alito's draft. Opinion, which would overturn Roe v. Wade. This is over at Politico again. Uh, Josh Gerstein is the one uh, that wrote the article. It says, Justice Samuel Alito's draft opinion, which would overturn Roe v. Wade, wages a frontal assault on the reasoning of the landmark 1973 opinion that found a federal constitutional right to abortion. Alito's draft is labeled as a proposed majority opinion, Though the wording of the court's ultimate ruling and the lineup of justices who support it could change before final release expected by late June or early July. Here are ten important passages in the draft. The first one. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by constitutional provision. Yeah. Yeah. I love that wording. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. I would love Look, we will we'll cover the leak in a second and how uh, detrimental that is just to the court's institution in and of itself. But if we're if we're going to read this uh, this opinion and if we're to believe that this opinion is going to be the mojo- majority opinion, what a way to start. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. Here's another uh Highlight from the opinion Roe was egregiously wrong from the start its reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decision has had damaging consequences and far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives amen. Then it goes and says this. In the years prior to Roe v. Wade, about a third of the states had liberalized their laws, but Roe abruptly ended that political process. It imposed the same highly restrictive regime on the entire nation, and it effectively struck down the abortion laws of every single state. It represented the exercise of raw judicial power, and it sparked a national controversy that has embittered our political culture for half a century. That is correct. What what this law did, and we talked about it, and talked about it, and talked about it, was that it, it threw out precedent, it, 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 it threw out everything, and then it said, hey, we're just going to carve out a law. We're just going to carve out, we're going to legislate from the bench, and we're going to just make a sweeping ruling that abortion is okay everywhere. That's what they did. You know, because you're going to hear in the next few days, you're going to hear abortion folks say, oh, you're, you know, hands off my body and you're trying to force your right wing pro-life ethic on us and, and all this. When what they don't realize is they've been forcing their abortion ethic on us since 1973. Not allowing states and, and voters in certain states to say, we don't want abortion in this state. And so with this draft opinion, if it stays, this is a historical moment. Another highlight from the opinion. The inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. On the contrary, an unbroken tradition of prohibiting abortion on pain of criminal punishment persisted from the earliest days of the common law until 1973. In some states, voters may believe that abortion uh, rights should be more, even more extensive than the right Casey and Roe recognize. Voters in other states may wish to impose tight restrictions based on their belief that abortion destroys an unborn human being. Our nation's historical understanding of ordered liberty does not prevent the people's elected representatives from deciding how abortion should be regulated. And the point there is, if Roe is overturned, it goes back to the states. Then states can decide what they want to do. If a if a blue state of California wants to pay for all the abortions, wants to provide abortions up to nine months, the state of California can do that. If Tennessee wants to outlaw abortion, the state of Tennessee can do that. That's what Roe being overturned will allow. We have long recognized, however... This story decisis is not an inexorable command, and it is at its weakest when we interpret the Constitution. It has been said that it is sometimes more important that an issue be settled than that it be settled right. But when it comes to the interpretation of the Constitution, the great charter of our liberties, which was meant to endure through a long lapse of ages, we place a high value on having the matter settled right. Yes. Look, you're going to hear a lot of folks claim stare decisis and and which all that is is super precedent. And what that means is and we talked about this uh, months ago as well. You can listen to past shows. Go to investinghope.com or or wherever you find the the podcast. But we talked about in in certain cases where where there was super precedent, where the Supreme Court made a decision and that set precedent for years and years and years. There were times where our court looked back and said, you know what, that is precedent, but it was a bad and wrong decision. And we're going to change that. We saw that with Brown versus the Board of Education. We saw that with civil rights issues. We, we, We saw that in a number of places. And so we should be able to, our courts should be able to look back and go, that was a bad decision. And we're going to not just, uh, and because of that bad decision, we are going to make it right. We don't want it to just be settled to be settled. We want it to be settled and right. And Roe was a bad, wrong decision by the court. And, and I pray that the current court is going to make it right. On many other occasions, this court has overruled important constitutional decisions. Without these decisions, American constitutional law as we know it would be unrecognizable. And this would be a different country. Casey described itself as calling both sides of the national controversy to resolve their debate. But in doing so, Casey necessarily declared a winning side. The court short-circuited the democratic process by closing it to the large number of Americans who dissented in any respect from Roe. Together, Roe and Casey represent an error that cannot be allowed to stand. Amen. Roe certainly did not succeed in ending division on the issue of abortion. On the contrary, Roe inflamed a national issue that has remained bitterly divisive for the past half century. This court's inability to end debate on the issue should not have been surprising. This court cannot bring about the permanent resolution of a rancorous national controversy simply by dictating a settlement and telling the people to move on. Whatever influence the court may have on public attitudes must stem from the strength of our opinions, not an attempt to exercise raw judicial power. We do not pretend to know how our political system or society will respond to today's decision overruling Roe and Casey. And even if we could foresee what will happen, we would have no authority to let that knowledge influence our decision. Amen to that. Look, uh, again, I've covered this before. The court does not stick their finger in the air and see which way the political wind is blowing, and then make a decision. The reason why our Supreme Court justices are nominated for life is so that political opinion and public opinion does not affect their decision-making process. They are tasked with following the U.S. Constitution. That is what they are tasked with. They are not tasked with legislating. They are not tasked with with public opinion. They are not tasked with making political uh, punditry their, their next move. They are not tasked with just being a, a talking head. Look, presidents and congressmen and senators, they must stick their finger in the air and go, okay, the political wind has shifted. You've seen that with gay marriage. You've seen that on a number of issues. Even our current president, for the bulk of his political career, believed in restricting abortion. Up until literally 5 minutes ago, when all of a sudden he changed because he wanted to win the presidency as a Democrat, he had to go all in on abortion. Not just on abortion, but funding abortion through your tax dollars. See, politicians do that. They read the tea leaves, they they look at Twitter, they look at opinion polls, they look at Gallup, and then they make decisions based on that. Hillary Clinton did it with gay marriage. President Obama did it with gay marriage. You're seeing a number of politicians do that when it comes to marijuana and a host of other things. But our court is not to base their decisions on public opinion. They are not to base their decisions on the political winds of the day. And so I'm glad they put that in there. And it says this, we can only do our job, which is to interpret the law, apply longstanding principles of stare decisis, and decide this case accordingly. We therefore hold that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey must be overruled. And the authority to regulate abortion must be returned to the people and their elected representatives from their mouth to God's ears. I mean, again, I'll get into the the unprecedented leak and, and what this means for the institution moving forward. But right now, can we just sit in this for a second? Look, you're going to hear folks that over the next few days, weeks and, and even months say that, look, we, we have to be calm. And uh, even if we get this win, we, we have to you know act like we've been there before and we shouldn't gloat and we, we shouldn't. Uh, be boastful. No, no, no. We, we, we absolutely should. This is a historical moment. And we should shout from the rooftops that the plague of abortion, at the very least, the plague of Roe, is going to be a footnote in the history book. And, and folks, we should celebrate that fact. Unapologetically so. Millions have lost their lives to this wrong, nonsensical law that was created in 1973. Millions of your fellow Americans have been killed. And it's been sanctioned by our culture and legislators. And in some cases, even paid for by your tax dollars. So if I take a victory lap with the ending of Roe, I'm not going to apologize for that. Millions of men and women are carrying around the guilt and shame of a decision they made. While the culture throws them to the side. A progressive culture cannot kill their most vulnerable. And claim to be progressive. This is a beautiful, beautiful opinion. I pray the justices will stay strong. I pray this opinion will, will become law. And I pray that Roe goes away. And that women and men would be cared for. That babies would be saved. And life's transformed forever. We'll be back. Hold on to me. Hold on As we continue the conversation, today is a, a big day, an important day. You know, it's one of those things where we've, we've been talking about Roe. Folks have been talking about Roe and going against and fighting for life since 1973. And many folks might have even thought, look, we'll never see the day that Roe would be overturned. This is why, uh, frankly, this is why elections matter. Um, this, this is why who sits on the Supreme Court matters. Uh, and, and it's not just because we, you know, hey, we need to elect a pro-life president who can appoint, uh, pro-life justices. Because the reality is we've done that in the past and, you know, pro-life Presidents that appointed pro-life justices gave us Roe. Pro-life presidents that appointed pro-life justices gave us Casey in 1992. But it appears as if a pro-life president and pro-life justices may just, in fact, in 2022, end Roe v. Wade. And so as we think about this leaked opinion... What, what does this mean? And, and, and who could have possibly leaked this to, to a reporter at Politico? So the question is, do you think someone in Alito's office leaked it? What would be the benefit of somebody in the majority opinion leaking this to the media? What would be the benefit of that? This is something we've wanted for so long. You think they would leak it to the media before they announce it? You think the justices that are in the majority opinion would leak that before it's officially announced? No, I don't, I don't believe that's the case. What I believe happened, because I want to give you, I want to give you a glimpse. I have a friend that's an attorney and she's worked at, uh, she's worked for state Supreme Courts. And, and she she sent a message last night, and, and she just said, here's what happens behind the scenes. The justices take an initial vote, and the chief assigns an associate justice to write a draft opinion. So what what we want to do is give you a look behind the curtain, right? So a lot of us hear about court decisions and the justices and their clerks and what all that means. Well, how does the opinion get drafted? How do we keep it under lock and key and, and all the like? So here's the process. The associate justice to write a draft majority opinion. The chief justice, which in this case is Chief Justice John Roberts, would assign an associate justice to write a draft majority opinion. Then a draft majority opinion is circulated to all justices. Justices agreeing with the draft will caucus together and then make edits to the draft. But the opinion almost always stays the same. So the a draft of majority opinion is circulated to all judges. So the chief justice will say, let's just say for for uh, to make it clear, in this case, it appears Chief Justice John Roberts says Alito draft the opinion, the majority opinion. Alito drafts the majority opinion. Justice is agreeing with this draft. We'll then caucus together, simply meaning we'll come together. And make edits to the draft. So they'll all work together. Hey, let's, yeah, I don't like that sentence. Maybe let's change this sentence. Let's look. I was reading over case law. Let's make sure we look at this case law. But the opinion almost always stays the same. Justices wishing to dissent will also caucus together. So those that are not in the majority opinion will also come together and agree on someone to write the dissent. And they will pick apart the majority opinion. So, if we're looking at the draft that's currently out, you'll see that the draft is made, uh, pretty clear. Hey, this is what's happening. This is where we're going. The, this is why we need to see this overturned. It needs to go back to the states. If you look at the ten, the, the ten highlights I mentioned in the first segment, then the dissenting group of justices will pick those things apart and they'll argue, well, this is sorry. Decisies, and this is precedent, and this is the law of the land, and this is sacred, and all the, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then justices will decide together, uh, whether they wish to write a concurrence or an individual dissent. Now, in this case, it was leaked last night as well. CNN announced that Chief Justice John Roberts is not really in favor of overturning Roe. Now, some take that to mean he's going to go in line with those that are dissenting. But others are arguing what Justice John Roberts is going to do is write a concurrence, simply meaning I'm not going to be on either side of the aisle. But regardless, we don't need Justice John Roberts. It appears, that we don't have all the names, but I think we can read between the lines. It appears we have Alito, we have Clarence Thomas, we have Neil Gorsuch, we have Brett Kavanaugh, We have Amy Barrett, in the majority opinion, with overturning Roe. And folks, if that is the case, three of those justices were appointed during the last administration. Three of the five. That's a big deal. And then my friend said this that uh she is clerked at the Supreme Court at a state level. She said I had access to the majority opinion in a major case in order to help my judge. And her judge was dissenting. It was kept in a lock it was kept in a lock file cabinet and we were not allowed to make copies. Notes we made about it also had to be locked up. It was also made clear to me that I would not be admitted to the bar if I breached confidentiality. So there's going to be some folks. It appears, again, this is all alleged. We, we're not really sure who leaked it at this point. I believe, now I may be proven wrong, I believe a clerk for Sotomayor leaked this to the press. Now, there's a number of reasons for that. That clerk uh, signed a petition from Yale Uh, going against Kavanaugh. That clerk has been interviewed and quoted in Politico by the same author of this article months past. So it appears like there's an existing relationship between that clerk and this Politico reporter. Now again, I don't know that. That's alleged. But why would they leak it? Now the, the, if you, if you're looking over on social media and you're watching the, the back and forth, what you're seeing is you're, all the people that have screamed for the norms. And look, we gotta, we have these sacred institutions, and, and Republicans are wanting to throw all of the norms out the window. Pro-lifers are wanting to throw all the norms out the window. Those same folks are now saying, "Who is the amazing person that leaked this? This is great news," because what they're doing is a, a left-leaning pro-abortion person would leak this to the media because they're wanting to create pressure on these justices and their hope is even some have said this is a last ditch effort this is a hail mary that that they're hoping with all hope that the pressure that this creates in the media will be so strong on these five justices that one of them would change their opinion. Now, here's the question. Do you think any of those justices will buckle to the pressure? Again, you'll remember, they even mention it in the opinion. We do not look at public opinion. We do not stick our finger in the air and see which way the political winds are blowing. We don't look at Gallup polls. We base decisions on interpreting the Constitution. So here's the thing. Do I think Clarence Thomas is going to buckle? Absolutely not. That man is as strong as as strong can be. Do I think Alito's going to buckle? Absolutely not. Do I think Kavanaugh's going to buckle? Did you see his Senate hearing? I don't think he's going to buckle to the pressure. Nothing that Neil Gorsuch has done has shown me that he would buckle to the pressure, and the same goes for Amy Barrett. So this leak is unprecedented, and if this leak was done by a clerk of a Supreme Court justice, that clerk should be fired and disbarred. If this leak was done by a Supreme Court justice, that Supreme Court justice should be impeached. That's how big of a deal this is. And if there's one thing Chief Justice John Roberts loves, it's the sacred institution of the Supreme Court. And this is spitting in the face of that which he adores, which is the Supreme Court. We'll talk more when we come back. So, look, today all we're talking about is the leaked opinion by Alito. Again, we don't know who leaked it. Uh, I'm somewhat disappointed that a reporter even ran with it, but I get it. Reporters are going to do that. They want to be the first to get the the information out there. But what this is showing is a, a culture a society that is uh, is showing our um, our selfishness, our our death mindset. We're, we're at an interesting place as a society. You know, people gathered outside of the Supreme Court last night to protest. Because they're angry that abortion may may go away, but here's the thing: abortion isn't going to go away. Now there will be certain states that ban it, but it's not going to go away. The abortion industry is going to have mobile units. They're going to they're going to ship abortion pills to people all across this country. But but the bigger issue is we're living in a time. Where, where the left can't even define a woman. You ask them, what is a woman? And, man, you know, I don't know. You're seeing articles now that say uh, pregnant people. Yet, they're, they're saying this is a uh, row being overturned is an attack on women's rights. Well, what's a woman? What rights? I, I'm not following you see, you, you, you lose the argument of my uterus, my choice, when you believe that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. I'm sorry, you, you lose credibility in that. Apple now has emojis that, that show pregnant people, you know, men with pregnant bellies. Yeah, you lose credibility when you go down that path. But, but pay attention to what you're going to see over the next few days, weeks, and months. You know, this is why when, when people say, when, when people say, uh, you know, when, when people say, look, no one wants an abortion. When, no one wants to, to have abortions. All of us want to see the abortion number decline. Then tell me why you're out of the Supreme Court on a Monday night at 10 o'clock fighting for more abortions. If no one wants to see more abortions, why are you so bent out of shape if abortion is overruled or overturned, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, and certain states ban it outright? Why, why, it, why does that bother you? When, when people say culture wars are not worth fighting, you hear that sometimes, that, that culture wars are not worth fighting, and do we really know what, what will ultimately cause less abortions? You're going to even hear in the next few days and weeks, you're going to hear some people that, that claim to be pro-life saying things like, I don't know if overturning Roe is going to do what we want it to do. Look, that's nonsense. If you hear anybody say that, they're saying that because they, they know that this is the campaign issue that they can raise money on for, for decades to come. And so what they are, the politician that, that enjoys chasing the car like the dog that chases the car, but they never want to catch the car. We just want to constantly fight and argue over Roe, but we don't ever really want to overturn it because then what issue am I going to stand on? Folks, the reason why we involve ourselves in these things is because we want to be the people that, that catch the car. I don't get on here every week and talk about the issue of abortion in life because I just want to keep talking about it. No, I want to see Roe overturned. I want to see more babies born. I want to see structures in place that are going to be there for moms and be there for dads. That's what we need. A progressive culture... And when I use the term progressive, I'm not using it as a term of a political punditry. But a culture that has progressed from the dark ages, a progressive culture would put uh, systems in place that would celebrate the birth of new citizens, that would celebrate the birth of, of babies, that would celebrate the chance to sustain societies for years and years and years to come that would also put systems in place to celebrate motherhood, that would put systems in place to to help those moms in those difficult situations, help them with daycare, help them with school choice, help them put food on the table. You see, that's what a progressive culture would do, is how do we find ways to help these women be the moms that they need to be? Not, how do we find a way to help these moms Take the life of the child that's been created inside of them. That's not progress. That's the dark ages. Progress is saying there is nothing greater than bringing life into the world. In order for our culture and society to sustain itself, we must bring life into the world. Progress would be creating systems that would celebrate that. But if you think being progressive is ending the life of your fellow human and ending the life of your fellow citizens in the womb, the most vulnerable among us, well, you've lost your mind. Now, yeah, you're going to hear politicians in the next few days talk about Roe, and they're going to talk about it as if it's a religious sacrament. You're going to hear the president, who's a practicing Catholic, go out of his way to lift up the right of abortion. It's not biblical. There's a senator out of Georgia that that claims to be a pastor, and he posted on social media as a pro-choice pastor, which is an oxymoron, as a pro-choice pastor, there's not room for the doctor, the mom, and the U.S. government in the exam room, and somebody messaged him back and said, is there room for God in that exam room, pastor? a fair question but what should our society be based on celebrating life creating opportunities for these moms and these families or celebrating the destruction and the ending of life I mean it seems like a no brainer And so if Roe is, in fact, overturned, we are actually living in a historical moment. It's the same thing when when people live through women's suffrage, when people live through uh, seeing the ending of slavery, seeing the ending of uh, or or seeing the civil rights movement. These are historical moments that that people live through, people that live through 9-11, historical moments. Seeing the ending of the atrocity that is abortion. Seeing the ending of one of the worst court decisions this country has ever seen in Roe v. Wade. It's history, folks. And yes, Christians should love and and be gracious. But you should also celebrate. You should celebrate the fact that justices have the nerve and the guts to do what is right. You should celebrate the fact that there are going to be states in our union that are willing to say, in this state, you cannot take the life of your child. You should celebrate that fact. And you should mourn the fact that there's going to be states in our union that say not only can you take the life of your child via abortion, but you can do that all the way up to nine months and we're going to pay for it. We should mourn that there will be states that choose that. So the work isn't done. But the big step of seeing Roe overturned, it appears, that big step has been taken. And God, I hope it's true and I pray for these justices and I pray that they will be bold in their stance and I pray for their safety and what a day the day we've all longed for for almost 50 years that Roe would be overturned from their pen and their mouth to the Lord's ears I pray it be so we'll be back So as we finish up today, um, I want to finish with with a piece over at um, WNG.org. And um, it's World Opinions. Albert Muller wrote, wrote it. And Albert Muller, of course, is a, a great theologian, president of Southern Baptist Seminary. And I just have a few minutes, so I want to quickly go over some of what he said. Uh he says, no doubt we will know more in the coming days. Some already point an accusing finger at one specific clerk to a liberal justice. Time will tell, but it may, it may take more time than is available before the end of this court term in June. By then, we will have the court's actual ruling, and that takes us to the content of last night's astounding revelation. If this draft opinion is indeed the court's ruling, Roe is dead. Casey is dead. The document reveals that the court's majority, including Justice Alito, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Barrett, is ready to drop the bomb. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the due process clause of the 14th Amendment. The sound you now hear is the collapse of almost 50 years of horrifying Supreme Court precedent. If this document is indeed the court's majority ruling, Roe is gone, Casey, is gone, and the abortion question returns to the 50 states. This would be the greatest pro-life victory of the last half century. The policy work of pro-lifers would turn to honest legislative energy in Congress and state by state to contend for the unborn. But the relief of pro-lifers may be eclipsed by the rage of abortion rights defenders. And make no mistake, this document was leaked to stoke that rage and to undermine the majority resolve. A look at the draft document reveals why the abortion rights movement is ruling. Justice Alito's opinion is not just a uh, ending of Roe. It is a full-on indictment of the absence of any constitutional basis for abortion rights in the first place. Roe, writes Alito, was remarkably loose in its treatment of the constitutional text. It held that the abortion right, which is not mentioned in the Constitution is part of a right to privacy, which also is not mentioned. Justice Alito presses his case to acknowledge that the Supreme Court actually abandoned the entire argument it had presented in Roe back in 1973 when it sustained abortion rights in 1992 Casey decision. The draft document lays bare the lack of any legal or constitutional basis for abortion rights, strips Roe and Casey of authority, and declaims the court's earlier arrogance in declaring that it had any right To settle the abortion question for the nation. Whoever leaked that document to Politico is a prime agent of that agenda. This leak is brazen effort to intimidate the court's majority. That is what Mueller believes. That's what we all believe. That the reason this was leaked is to go after those that would be in the majority of of turning over Roe. But within the leaked document itself, we find these encouraging words. We do not pretend to know how our political system or society will respond to today's decision over ruling Roe and Casey. And even if we could foresee what will happen, hear this, we would have no authority to let that knowledge influence our decision. We can only do our job, which is to interpret the law. We must all pray that this resolve and these very words will hold fast in the days ahead. And when the Supreme Court hands down its ruling in the coming weeks, the defenders of life dare to hope. That this indeed, the court's ruling, oh Lord, let it be true. Folks, I could go on for hours about the importance of this. But I'm so, so excited. And I'm encouraged that these justices would even take the time to write, we don't know what the public opinion is going to be on this. We don't know what the backlash is going to be. But even if we could foresee what that backlash would be, we wouldn't change the decision that we're making. Folks, that is character. That is boldness. And that is being unapologetically devoted to the truth and the American Constitution. That even if we could foresee the backlash that is to come, which they know a backlash will come. That they would stick it out and make the hard decision. There's, there's a, a sermon in there that we could learn from. Sometimes doing the right thing is the hardest thing. And Christian, if you're listening to this, this is the time to do the right thing. The hardest thing to do in our current culture setting It's to stand up for the most vulnerable, which is the babies in the womb. And folks, we've done it. And Roe is going away. We predicted this. We've, We've argued for this. We've marched for this. We fought for this. And our work has not gone unnoticed. And Lord, I pray that these justices would stick to it. That their boldness would be contagious. And that we would stand for every life. What a beautiful and glorious day. Amen. We'll talk to you next week.